0: welcome to deep dives into the bible where we take our time and go deeply into god's word i am father michael nasser from the saint nicholas orthodox church in grand rapids michigan today we continue our focus on matthew chapter 18 which is episode 71 in our discussion on the gospel of matthew we are here with members of our saint nicholas family and happy you've joined us so let us begin with prayer In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Amen. Illumine our hearts, O Master, who lovest mankind, the pure light of the divine knowledge, and open the eyes of our mind to the understanding of thy gospel teachings. He implanted us also the fear thy blessed commandments, that trampling down all carnal desires, we may enter upon a spiritual manner of living, both thinking and doing such things as are well-pleasing unto thee. For thou art the illumination of our souls and bodies of Christ our God, And to Thee we ascribe glory, together with Thy Father, who is from everlasting, and that all-holy, good, and life-giving Spirit, now and ever, to the ages of ages.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Well, good to see you all here, live and in person, and live on our screen. And greetings to all of you listening whenever and wherever you are listening to this. We are continuing uh, Matthew 18. Um, it's always, as we say, important to look at context. This is even more important than normal because this next section um, has the same, seems like it has the same topic, but it takes a turn. And so we have to start today by going back to where we were last week. We were in the beginning of chapter 18. We looked at uh, verses one through five. And that's when Jesus said our, our discussion centered around when he says, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Then it turned on verse 5. And that's where we have to go back and and look at that, or else we're not going to get where he's going with verses 6 and forward. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. Now there's a turn there, but it's it's complicated. So what's the turn?
2: Well, now you're receiving christ instead of instead of just becoming like a, a, a child in your faith now you are receiving christ yeah
0: yeah so he goes from saying be like the child yeah then he says receive the child which is really a turn children is is the, is the commonality children is the connection but he's using the role or the 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 example of a child or the reality of a child and unless we get that turn the rest was not going to make sense all right so we're all with us on that on 4 to 5 that transition there all right so would somebody read for us then uh verses let's go to 6 through 9
3: I can read thank you uh, whoever causes one of these little ones who believed it, who believe in me to sin it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea woe to the world because of offenses for offenses must come but woe to that man by whom the offense comes if your hand or foot causes you to sin cut it off and cast it from you it is better for you to enter into life lame or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. Anybody who says the Old Testament is doom and gloom and warfare and bloodshed, but all the New Testament is just nice and sunshine and roses. (laughs) They haven't read it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's,
0: uh, there's no lack of, you might say, clarity. You might say harshness in the New Testament. Um, and in some ways, in the New Testament, there's nothing new. In some ways, everything's new. Nothing is new in the sense that Jesus' message continues to be what the prophets was, repent. Um, what's new actually is Christ, that he's coming now to fulfill all of the the prophecies, of the Old Testament, the plan that God was enacting throughout all leads to him and from him. So that's the new part. But in terms of what he's asking for, it's not what I would say is is a popular understanding of Christianity. Um, I've often sort of compared it to like a, a really good sale, you know. Oh, Christianity, you can get away with everyone and God is good because God loves us. And it doesn't matter what you do. That's not that's not the message. And here we're seeing it really, uh, really powerfully. So let's go back to the beginning of this. Let's go back to verse six. And this is where, again, you got to catch that turn with how he's using children, because first it's we have to become like children. Then he says, receiving one such child, my name receives me. And now he's continuing that turn with, um, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it will be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck. And be drowned in the depth of the sea. Does anybody have anybody's ever seen a millstone? You're no. seeing real life?
4: No. Is it a big rock? Like is it
1: big, huge?
0: That yeah. yeah. Kathy's doing this with her her hands about three feet, two feet three apart. I've seen one that was like six feet apart, and it literally is just a big round uh stone on top of another stone, only uh you can raise the top one so you could raise the top one you put in all your grain you lower it and then whatever it's when what i saw was it was in the um not is a water mill what do you call those things it's the big wheel that turns um, the river yeah the mills yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The
1: water.
0: i don't know what you call it the mill pond right yeah, yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
0: so it turns that which turns yeah. and then through the gears and all that it turns this big millstone yeah but it's got the hole in the middle because that's that's where you line it up. You have, you have like an axle kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So imagine that big stone, whether it's two feet or three feet, five feet, doesn't matter. Imagine the stone, the stone is thick with the hole in the middle. And now, to use his analogy, fastened around his neck. I mean, you would go down, like this, say, sinking like a rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can imagine. it's It's a very powerful image. It's one of those things where – in the modern day we don't see millstones very often. So we miss the we miss the analogy.
3: So is this saying that it's wrapped around the neck of the sinner or the person yeah. that causes the sinner to
0: sin? Whoever caused the little ones who believe in him to sin. sin. It's very specific. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just who if you sin, this is gonna happen to you.
4: Mm-hmm. So Father, I um I was always and didn't get clarity because maybe I didn't search enough for it, but who causes a little one to sin. Mm-hmm. So if you cause a little one to sin, is it something you're doing to that that child that is sinful, immoral, and makes that child sinful and immoral?
0: He doesn't say. Right. But he says that there's things that he's talking to, principally adults, and he made that turn about becoming like a child, receiving the child. Now, if you cause one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, he doesn't say. But because the consequence is what it is, that should say to us that's the last thing the world I ever wanted.
2: The thing that s- struck me for the very first time was because of the chron- chronology that we've gone through here, that uh, you need to become like a little child. Mm-hmm. So that means if you're a full blown adult and you become like a little child, and you believe in Christ. Whoever makes you sin. They also are under that condemnation. Yeah, That's a great point. Yeah. I never caught that before. Yeah. But no, I didn't catch you either. But that's that's a great point. And
0: the faith of a child. Because even though there's a turn. It's not like there's a break. Right? He's using he's using the child in a different way. But as I say this later. I'll say it now. That childlike faith is what everybody is called to, children and adults, right? So being called to that, that's that's what we're called to be and, and to encourage. Now he takes to the negative side. If you cause one of these little ones or these children who believe in me, who have trust in me, who have faith in me, but if you cause them to sin, here's what it's would
3: better for you. Isn't that blaming the cause of sin on somebody else
2: other than yourself? No, no. If you're, like, for instance, if I say to you, okay, Sam, we got to go and we got to hold up this liquor store over here, and right. I entice you to do it, right? Then I'm really culpable of causing you to but, sin. But I'm causing. I also culpable? Oh, I would think so, but sure. I would think so. Yeah.
4: But, but it's a child.
2: But it's even worse. So that's the next question. question. Yeah. Well, Is it. it
0: just. <laughs> Uh, chronological children, he's talking about.
4: No, no, because Rick, I think Rick identified right. that in a special way that I never thought of either.
0: Right. Um, so hang up before you go to your next point because no, no, I think no, this is no. crucial. Christ, through the whole chapter so far, is saying children, 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 mm-hmm. different contexts, mm-hmm. even adults, children. Now, somebody might say, well, if you become childlike, doesn't that mean somebody could take advantage of you? Mm-hmm. Right? We actually talked about it a little bit last week, right? Yeah. And the answer is yes. But now he's going to answer, but watch out. Because if you or if somebody were to do that, he's not saying the millstone's going around their neck and they're being thrown to the sea. He's saying it would be better for them for that to happen.
2: Right. That's how serious it is. Yeah. 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 And 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 likewise for the continuing thing to cut off your hand to pluck out your eye that's how serious it is yeah that's the true. consequence of sin going yeah. to hell oh. I,
3: I was with a guy last night who was in a wheelchair because he was in an accident yeah. as a teenager yeah and lost the use of his legs and everything and I was just thinking every day of his life is so much different than mine mm-hmm, yeah. I mean and that's really what this is saying yeah is to you'd be better he'd be better off I'd be better off like that rather than sin
1: yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll
0: get to that because out there, Susie, you were going to say something before.
4: I was going to say, that, you know, to be like a child, better to be like a child over and over. He's talking about it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying children don't ask questions, but, and I'm not saying there's a blind faith, but there, when we teach children things, they accept it. Mm-hmm. They accept it. And um, we, as we age, we start to try to understand. Mm-hmm. Break down the so-called "quote unquote" mystery, yeah. which, which you know, because we're in search of understanding right. a deeper meaning. Yeah. Whereas, I think sometimes, and who has said it, a, a several in this class, sometimes, and also in Charlie's class on Sunday, our faith helps us to just accept yeah. and not always look for the answers. And I just think, is that really the difference that we we try to get so introspective, we try to find such deep meaning? That we can't be like children to just yeah. accept.
0: Yeah. And what is it about our adulthood that makes that childlike faith hard? Yeah. What What about it, though, makes it?
5: We see things different when we become adults. We start seeing things from the perspective of things that we've, ex- adult, adult things that we've experienced in life. Yeah. And we forget the childlike faith. And I'm I'm keeping i remi- it's reminding me of Miracle on 34th Street, yeah, yeah, which yeah. the little girl right. keeps saying, or they teach her that faith means I'm gonna quote it wrong, faith means continuing to believe, even though common sense tells you not to. Right. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All those experiences you're talking about, all the things that we learn, we value, and there can be a value to them.
1: Sure.
0: However, he's saying there's also A potential big downside, and I think it really. I mean, there's a lot of things, ways we could describe I think the real downside of it is, we gain the knowledge, we gain the experience, and then we think we know better. Mm. And you take that far enough, and you get to the point, not consciously, but I think we're all there, unintentionally. Mm -hmm. We think we don't need God. Mm. We've been talking about this in our Wednesday night conversations about. Um, the ego. I've mentioned it briefly a couple of weeks ago in the homily that the ego is that part of us that we think is us, but it really is the version of us where we are competent, we're smart, we we know what we're doing, um, we're able. But the basis of all of that competence is, I can do it, and what we don't say out loud, what we mean is, and I don't need anybody else. So it's our it's our it's our perceived strength, but what he's saying here in, in this chapter is your perceived strength is actually your weakness. Go back to when you thought you were weak. Look at these children that we all think is like, they don't get any rights, they don't have any power, you know, just mind your, no, know, know your place, we say to kids, right, you know, but go back to there before you fooled yourself into thinking you knew better, right?
4: Do you think the natural cycle of life takes us back?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Same where Because what's the what is where does it take us?
4: We become more vulnerable. We become more childlike. More dependent right. upon others. Maybe right. as we get very old.
3: Father uh, right. Dan said that about my dad when he was he when he, just before he died, but he had dementia. He he was like a child. Mm-hmm. He really was. And Father Dan, I'll never forget him saying, "That's what's supposed to happen." Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. As you know, a blessing. He forgave, he forgave people everything. Right. Now, we
0: see it in our adult, in our, our intelligence, our power to say, oh, isn't that sad? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and even nobody wants to see somebody that you love suffer. Mm-hmm. And it's it's horrible. And yet, isn't even that, I think, is what you're hinting at. It's 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 God's provision. Mm-hmm. That as we get older, as we get weaker, it's not easy. My mother says, getting older is not for sissies. <laughs> right. <laughs> But you become more dependent, you become more vulnerable, and hopefully that brings us back towards a more childlike perspective. I mean, it's it's amazing. I, I, let's think about it. Aging as we understand it is not in God's original plan, right? In the Garden of Eden, they would not have aged as we understand aging. Mm-hmm. It's a consequence of the fall. We get sick and we start that long, sometimes not very long, but that walk towards death. And it's a little bit of death every day. I'm gonna forget who was the priest that told me this once. He said, "You're either growing or you're dying." Mm-hmm. And somewhere in the middle of your life, you stop the growing process and you start the dying process. But even that, as terrible as it is, as horrible as it is in terms of difficulty, can't that even be one of
2: God's greatest blessings? Yeah. So you were talking about the, you know, that that when you said that. Uh, you start not believing in God. Is that what you said? Or I, no. I, I think I'm I'm oh need God. I don't need God. I don't need God. Yeah, Go I think
6: I think along with that kind of um, yeah. train of thought, uh chapter 15, you know, he talks about how the Pharisees would you know were kind of miss uh, uh they kind of lost their way a bit. Um, you know, he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever says to his mother or father whatever prophet mm-hmm. might give might have received from me as a gift to god then he need not honor his father or mother thus you have made the commandment of god of no effect by your tradition and you know there is a sense where you know if if we follow the wrong teaching we've lost our way
1: mm-hmm.
6: and if you teach a child that Mm -hmm. i believe jesus is saying it's better to
1: have a milestone exactly
0: yep yeah and you think about how the church has always looked at wrong teaching we don't see it wrong like two plus two equals five it's not a mistake uh, because the church is very harsh against heretics sometimes when when the chanters are chanting it and it's such beautiful music it's there's a stark contrast of the content because it's like uh, one of the heretics, they call him the headless one, not headless. Like we think of like, you know, Halloween, but like the stupid one, like he lost his mind, but it's not, it's always seen as intentional because a childlike faith approaches the tradition approaches the teaching and says, how do I gain from this? In our pride, we go, well, I think it says this, especially if you're going to say, well, the church has said this up until now, but I really think it means this. And that's where the heretics made their their sort of yeah. turn away. Yeah. It wasn't just I'm mistaken. It's I know better. Yeah. And so everyone, Arius and the stories, all of the heretics, it's such a difficult, it's such a, a, a bad thing because of this. Because they're they're going to cause many, many little ones to sin. Our own patron, Saint Nicholas, will be so angered at heresy that at that first ecumenical council, he'll literally go in deck areas. He's gonna he's gonna punch him <laughs> and he'll repent of it. And there's a beautiful story about that. But it's that's how you could see why he was so <laughs> impassioned about it
3: because of this kind of teaching. And I've chosen later. I thought he was sleeping. You you told me. St. Nicholas knocked
1: the guy out. Yeah. He's
3: laying right in the front I of the I didn't know that story. Take a look at it. Yeah. It's intriguing. I've seen
0: it so, so he many. goes to the council.
1: Yeah. I think he I think he's
0: a deacon. I don't think he's a bishop at that point. I can't remember exactly. Uh maybe Charlie remembers somebody else remembers. But he he goes to the council and and Arius is going on and on and on, just spouting heresy and, and going on about it. Uh-huh. And you know, Nicholas is fuming he five at some point, Dexon They kick him out of the council.
1: Who, <laughs> Nicholas, <Saint> Nicholas. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. St. Nicholas gets oh kicked out because this is not acceptable behavior. Yes. And he goes home and he's sorrowful for his his outburst. Yes. And that night, um, everybody goes home and they come back the next day. And I love that the story is really funny. They're all coming together. And, and one person says another one. Oh, I had this dream last night, you know, and it was Christ came to me and with his mother and said, bring Nicholas back into the assembly. Wow. And the other person says. I had the same dream. Oh and this goes, I had the same dream. They all had the same dream. Yes. That's wild. So they go and fetch Nicholas and say, we want you back in. And, and he comes back. Yeah. yeah. Someday, one of my dreams that we're going to have the life of St. Nicholas in, in iconography. And we're looking at that middle narthex. So kind of the hallway, you come down the hall from yes. the cultural center, all that, that area. It's a big, big, long wall on both sides of the entrance to the next narthex. So you got a lot of room for lots of scenes. Mm. So from his young adulthood through all the miracles and the, the first council, you know, these areas on the floor there.
5: <laughs> well, I, the areas after that? Go I forget how he
0: dies, but he he inflicts all kinds of damage. He he travels around. He was smart. He traveled, but he also, I think I've told this story before. He was on the run. <laughs> he He was in Alexandria, which is a port city. And one way he thought he could really be effective at spreading his teaching was, who do you have in a port city? Sailors. Uh, So he went down to the taverns and he taught them drinking songs. Have I told you guys a story? No.
1: I think it was an intro
0: to Orthodox. We taught it there. And yeah, this was Arius. And so, you know, everybody around.
4: His heresy was in the song.
0: Yeah. He teaches them that somehow this is a lively tune, but the, the lyrics were, There was a time when he was not. So he teaches all these sailors to sing this song. There was a time when Jesus was not. In other words, he's not the eternal son of God. Mm -hmm. And they sing and they're drinking and singing and singing. And then they go off to their next port and they sing the song. And that's one of the ways that teaching spread. Mm -hmm. And it really becomes so popular that the church in the West, like more than a hundred years later, is going to change the creed. Even though we had said at the first council and no we're changing the creed, right. they'll change it because they're trying to stave off all the falling into heresies happening in the East. And the West never, to their credit, never fell into the Aryan heresy like the East did.
1: Hmm.
0: We had to go back and another council and another council and, and get it corrected. In the West, that's where they changed the creed to say that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. They want to elevate the status of the son so that nobody could say there was a time when he was not. Mm. But good intention, bad result. They end up with a very different idea of the Trinity. You don't have the father as the source of both the son and the spirit. and It goes more complicated than that. But but yeah, it, it was not just a mistake. This was a willful, belie- leading little ones who believed in him, believing in Jesus to sin. Which is why the church always dealt with heretics very, very severely.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, let's keep going. Um, so you have the whole. Be better for him to have a great millstone fast on his neck, drowned into the depth of the sea. World, woe to the world! And my translation is for temptations to sin. What does yours say?
1: Because of offenses.
0: Because of offenses. Um, yeah, the, it's, it's a hard word to translate there, which is why you have such variability in there. Um, it's not just woe to the world for saying something that bothers somebody. That's where the the, offense is. It's it's not a bad translation. It's just hard to convey. It's woe to the world for anyone involved in the bringing of temptation. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. And this is where it gets the next part of that, of verse 7. For it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the man by whom the temptation comes. Does that seem like a contradiction? Well, no.
1: a, not really, can,
0: but not what, to me. So my translation is, for it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the man by whom the temptation comes.
4: So we know temptation's out there, but if we're the ones causing it, bring they, it in.
0: Not just is out there, it's necessary that they come. It's, right, what does your translation say on that?
4: Things are offenses. Yeah. For
3: losses must. must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes, okay. Yours makes sense. yours makes more sense. So yeah. is putting
5: was... more blame, is putting more blame on the person who brings the offense to the other
0: He's saying it's necessary that, going that the temptation and, and this is where i I want to spend all time on this. temptation, according to the Bible, is not a bad thing, right? Falling into temptation is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Temptation is not a bad thing because all temptation is, is an option. If I'm tempted, um, we were talking in the discussion last night, somebody brought the issue of once you start eating popcorn, it's really hard to stop, right? (laughs) If I'm tempted, it means I have the option to eat the popcorn or not eat the popcorn.
6: And yet we're supposed to pray that the popcorn, uh, we will be delivered from popcorn.
0: So that's, that's I'm glad you brought it up. Lead us not into temptation we translate as lead us not into the option right don't bring me temptation right if you actually look at what it says it's not lead us not into temptation
2: it's don't put us to the test so um yeah i watch a lot of uh the the, uh comments from the athletes the football players after the game and yeah and a lot of them say iron sharpens iron iron sharpens iron that they have to meet up with this challenge to get better and in a, in a way that's what it is here when the offenses come if we meet up with that challenge instead of running away meet up with it your faith becomes stronger i would guess Yep. Absolutely. iron sharpens iron yep yep nothing gets stronger when it's
0: not exercised right mm-hmm. And yet, right? why
6: do we pray to be spared from that test or exercise?
0: It's it's that's where it's the English, English just should, doesn't quite catch it. Yeah. What should our prayer be? <laughs> yeah, the prayer should be help us in temptation. lead me through that temptation. Well,
6: is that the is that
1: a better? Yeah, term?
0: I mean, it's it's hard. It's a very hard thing to render. It's one of those yes. things where it's so common in English, but we get it wrong. Uh, let's go to our expert, Maria. You got to unmute yourself <laughs> and tell us in Greek the line, "Lead us not into temptation."
7: Oh boy, I have to say, I have to say it all from the beginning. Yeah, can you You're putting me on the spot. I oh, know.
0: Yeah, so early too. You
7: can, you can Hope you
0: had your second cup of coffee
3: today. <laughs>
7: Let me let me think about this a minute. Yeah, the
3: other day that says, Leave me not to temptation, and I can find my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while she's thinking about it, yes,
5: yeah, you're asking him to be yes. Yes. That makes even better sense.
0: Yeah, Saint Anthony says, Without temptation, there's no salvation. That's where English helps us out, sometimes in the rhymes, right? Yeah. So you what does mentioned that mean?
4: that before, Father. Yeah. And of course, it's it's scary. It's a, it's yeah.
1: scary. But what do you think he means?
4: You know, we have to suffer, you said too, for salvation. Yeah. And these are two things that have been said recently by you <laughs> or quoted from others that give you pause. Yeah. Because we want to flee from temptation. We right. want to flee from suffering. Yeah. yeah.
1: If
0: I'm going down the road and the road splits into a Y, Is that a bad thing? Is that inherently a negative experience?
6: Well, it depends on, you know, if they're one good, another one good, and one bad, another one bad.
0: (laughs) So one goes the wrong way and one goes the right way. Yeah. All right. And only one goes the right way. Is it difficult for me to choose the right road?
2: Yes. Maybe it is very. It okay. might be. <laughs> yeah.
3: Why? Well, does this road really look familiar? Have I been, all kinds of things. Have i been down this this sort of thing before. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I think this. lead me past.
0: Yeah. So if I understand what that choice is, and I'm I'm ready for it. If I'm not ready for it, that could be terrible. I could go right in the middle and end up in the forest. That's right in between the two roads. If I'm not clear on which one is the correct one, think of how many times you've been on the road you're going to a new city and your GPS has, you know, five lanes up and it's like, yeah, wait, I'm on the left, but I got to get to the right, you know, but it's important to be ready for it. If you're ready for it, it really isn't all that difficult. It's just a matter of getting ready so that when I, that right, uh, exit comes up, I'm on the right side, and I just think about it, take just a little bit of turn, gets you on that little thing. When we're not ready, or we haven't really decided which is the better one, right? So think of a temptation to sin. We know in our heart of hearts that doing the right thing, doing the virtuous thing is better. But what's temptation? Think of it as a scale. So the, So the right thing is better. Temptation says... Yeah, but the other thing's good too. <laughs> now I've got sort of weight on both. You can think of the tension of a scale. Now I'm I'm putting weight. That's hard. It's hard if I equalize both options. One of the examples I, I like to use is, you're at a restaurant, it's one of your favorite restaurants and there's really two things you really like. Mm-hmm. That's a hard decision. Because you like them both. It's like, do I want that one? They I like this one? I don't know what, you know.
4: So we tell Rick, get one and I'll get the there
0: other one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing too. Mickey, what each one are you getting? How about you get this
3: one? <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna lose your hand if you pick the wrong one. Exactly. Right. Yes.
0: So that lack of clarity of a temptation that we're not ready for or not clear which way they go, that's we want to be let out of. All right, Ray, did you figure it out?
3: You're muted. Oh,
7: you're muted. All right, now, this is really weird. I say the Lord's Prayer in Greek every day, and I can't do it now. I'm <laughs> on the spot. He
0: put you on the spot. <laughs>
7: this All is right. weird.
0: <laughs> well, we'll give you a few minutes, and if you think of it, come back and we'll go back to this. But yeah, the idea when he says that it is necessary that temptations come, that's the idea. The temptation is the choice. Okay if I want to get to my destination and the road forks, it's necessary that I have a choice to make and it's not a bad thing. My temptation is simply my choice between going the wrong way according to my journey to the kingdom or the right way. Or if I'm looking at it backwards, the journey to the kingdom looks wrong and the fun way, the better way of what I want looks better. So that's where you can see where In the context of children, if you have a child or some of the childlike faith, you don't want to mess them up. If you mess them up, woe to you and all the things that we already read. We're going to read some more coming up here. But the idea that the temptation is not a bad thing. It's necessary that it comes. However, woe to the man
2: by whom the temptation
1: comes. Mm -hmm.
2: Because you're aligning yourself with the evil one rather than aligning yourself with God, that's why.
0: Yeah. And if it's a child or some of the childlike faith, and you're presenting another option, you are making their journey more difficult and maybe getting them off the path. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, a lot of, of, of I should say a lot. Some yes. new converts to the faith, they get excited about everything in orthodoxy, and they'll go back and they start reading old canons. Mm-hmm. But with no context to read them. And they'll read things like, you know, associating with a heretic um, means you can't receive communion for seven years, whatever it happens to say. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was a rule written at a time when people were literally actively trying to get people out of the right faith and take them to these heretical churches. That doesn't apply on a one to one basis to. <laughs> My sister has a Bible said at her Baptist church. Is it wrong for me to go? Yeah. It's not the same thing. Now, I'm going to give that person all kinds of advice. Say, well, watch out for this. Watch out for that. But to apply that canon to that situation isn't appropriate. But a lot of people do that. It's, it's understanding um, where those, those, those canons came from.
3: That would be a great sermon in church. And the reason to come to church is to prepare yourself for temptations. That's exactly it. I am I about to give
0: that sermon last
3: week. <laughs> Part one, yeah. step one of
0: four. Step it's one. somewhere in there. Oh, yeah.
7: Okay, Father. Got it. Had to actually sit down and <laughs> this is crazy. Okay. All so, right. Give us our daily bread, so then, and forgive our trespasses. Yeah. A few men
0: Is a filletas imon. Gosh. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot again. So I I owe you like an extra batlao when you come for our dinner.
7: (laughs) No, I failed.
0: No, no, no. You're doing great. Here's here's your next party assignment. Can you translate that for us? Not in the English we know, but looking at the Greek, how would you render that into English?
3: is not into temptation
7: yeah well it is uh forgive us as we would forgive others
3: yeah
0: and the next part
7: the next part uh who trespassed against us
0: yeah keep going
7: you want me to finish it
0: this is just the the next place
7: and lead us not into temptation that part yeah in Greek.
0: So, look at the Greek, and if you had to write the English translation, it doesn't have to be pretty, but it has to be accurate, how would you render that into English? We know how King James did it, but
2: we want to know how Maria did it. Can I help Maria out a little bit? Yeah. I, I found something. Forgive me, Maria. No. Uh, no. It, it says, <laughs> says um, they use both the You know, forgive us us our debts, forgive us our sins. Right. Okay. Both Matthew and Luke use the subjective mood in the following verse. What we normally see as lead us not into temptation could just as well be rendered. This is from Greek now. May you you not lead us into temptation. Or perhaps may you never lead us into temptation. There you go. Okay. In
0: other words, don't, don't bring that don't don't and that's where the sort of don't put me to the test right okay uh it's 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 a way of saying like if if i said to you don't bring that it's not that you can't handle it because again he's also the same one that wrote that prayer says it's necessary temptation temptations come all right if if someone were to say to you um Oh Susie, don't bring me here, but Lawa <laughs> right it's hard it's hard, but when you take it in context but is necessary for temptations come it's 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 not like we have to avoid the temptation we're not going to avoid the temptation, right Don't lead me into it is not I can't face any of them
4: so father what Am I hearing this right, that temptation's there, we can't avoid that, but don't Mm. let me succumb, really don't let me succumb, so when I pray, and sometimes I think, am I being cowardly, if I say, maybe I don't say, don't put me to the test exactly, in those words Lord, but, and I'd rather not, (laughs) not be exposed to that, not have that happen, or my, yeah my my family my loved ones yeah. my church my community whatever christians anywhere yeah. if we say then it's not wrong to ask god not to um Maybe put that had. before us but it's like jesus you know what he said in the garden
0: yeah oh, i was just saying that. that if it be possible let this cup pass from me right yeah and and especially if you look at the context the context is not about the temptations coming he's saying it's necessary and i'm saying that's a good thing for us be reminded the context is, but woe to the man by whom the temptation comes, and that goes back to five and six. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't be the one that brings the temptation. He's inserting that phrase. Uh, let's say, let's say, hypothetically, that we take out the phrase, for it is necessary that temptations come, because mm-hmm. right? that's really almost a different topic. It still makes sense. Whoever causes the ones to believe in sin, better for him, blah, blah, blah. Woe to the world for temptations to sin. Woe to the man by whom the temptations come. Mm-hmm. He's inserting that phrase, it's necessary temptations to come. And I think that's, we all get that. We get that temptations are there. In fact, yours translations is what? How does offenses it say? must offenses. come. Offenses must come, mm-hmm. right? They're there. There's nothing you can do about it. Those are coming. The whole context of this is don't be the one that brings it. Now that's different than the Lord's Prayer. It's a different different don't be Arius. Is that what is that? Don't be the one that causes the little one to sin. What
5: about people like who like to gossip a lot? Is it the, the, gossip, the person who gossips worse or the ones that listen to it and believe it and then it goes all that's, over the
1: place?
5: That's a good one. A, and, yeah. and then affects somebody else that they're talking about.
1: Yeah. You
0: know how the fathers talk about gossip in terms of an analogy? Murder. Another sin? Murder. You're killing a soul. Yeah. Well, killing, but by conspiracy and planning and talking and shh, the whispers and the... And
5: the nasty words. Yeah. 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 That can
0: so that would do great harm
5: to
3: right. a person. Yeah. So somebody, still, yes. Go ahead, Seth. But no, if you're still, you're, you're talking you know, to somebody, I'm just saying it's, they're tempting you to gossip. Yes. And
5: then if you're the one,
1: so
3: if know? you
5: are the source or if you're the one listening and believing what they're hearing, think what you're doing to the, the, the victim yeah. of that. Yeah. You are killing yourself.
0: But not just the victim. Right. The person you're gossiping with. Exactly. That's what he's talking about here. Woe to the man by whom the temptation has come. So I come to you, and I go, Susie, I can't believe it. Sam did, right? I'm really hurting Susie, but woe to me,
5: and but then if she reacts differently to him or to ignores yes, him or uh-huh. not, as long as it's just as bad, right. right??
0: So that would be bad, yeah. okay? But in what Matthew's telling us is, even the badness of that is nothing compared to, what I now will endure, unless I repent, obviously, mm-hmm. that's nothing. Okay, so they, they hurt her feelings, whatever. I have just now said, bring that millstone, put it on my neck, and throw me in the sea, because that's better than what I just brought on myself. Yeah. Again, Matthew is always going to try to correct us from a very limited, present-day human, this creation set of uh, values, mm. and say, what's really the problem? We might say, well, you know, I, I gossiped a little. People say that. Yeah, Father, you know, I, I gossiped a little. It wasn't really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is where as a priest, it's a little bit tough. When people come to confession, they go, I feel horrible. I have an easy job. God loves you. He's merciful. Let him love you. Learn from him. That's easy. When someone says, it's really no big deal. <laughs> That's tough.
4: Well, maybe it's not as small a deal as you think it is. But anyway. <laughs> yeah if we're there confessing it, that's right must not be because
0: and that's your chance that's why as a priest Uh i could very easily go you know yeah you're right that's that's no big deal that's better for me personally that's a lot easier but the person is there confessing the chance of them going out and then repenting further are very low Mm -hmm. and my job at that point is and that's really what i'm there to do one of the things better to do is say don't miss out that that prayer that i read right before is you know having come to the physician don't leave unhealed right the chance of you getting your healing after you leave the doctor it's not a very great you're at the doctor that's your chance to to really get the healing you're looking for
3: don't you say it's even worse
0: yeah yes yeah all right let's keep going here um if your hand or your foot causes you to sin cut it off and throw it away it is better if you enter life Maimed or lame, than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And the same thing with with the eye, pluck it out. Um, we'll get to where this is not meant literally. <laughs> there are some who took this literally, um, and they were not rewarded for that bad translation. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but he's really he's got two value systems that he's going to that Jesus is placing before us, and he's saying. You got two value systems. Let's compare the two of them. All right. What's the first one? What's the value system, let's say, of having
2: two hands and two feet? You mean you're living a normal physical life, you know? You're able able to do more,
0: right? We would say in the value system of not losing a hand or foot, very high value, don't lose it, right? That's one of the last things. People want to hear about if if they've got an injury, it's like amputation. You see those old Civil War movies and it's just horrible. I mean, it's, it's like that's the first thing they got to do. They don't have the kind of medical care. They're out on the battlefield, surgery, tent, whatever. And so that value system of keeping our limbs, keeping our body whole, where would you put that on how important is that to people? High priority, low priority. Very high, right? Among the highest things we would ask for. But now there's another value system that Jesus is placing right next to that one.
2: What's this value system? What's it based on? Based on you committing this offense or this sin. Yeah, look at verse 8. Second part of it there.
0: It is better for you to enter life maimed or lame mm-hmm. with two hands or two feet from the eternal fire what's the context of that other value system eternal life. eternal life okay although he doesn't say eternal life it's one of those things where we re- we read it in yeah. he says life <laughs> <laughs> to enter life which but i think the context is yeah it's, it's it's salvation it's life in the kingdom um but right next to this value system of i got to keep my body whole He's saying it's better. Remember we had the whole, it's better for the millstone. Mm -hmm. Here's better again. Better for you to enter life maimed or lame than with two hands to throw it into the eternal fire. So this value system is is life and fire. That's the context. You can have life, you can have fire. In that context, this value system, what's the priority of, of the use of your, let's say, your limbs, your hands, your feet? High priority or low priority to have your hands and feet? It's high. But in in this context,
1: in this context is low, right? He's flipped it. Mm -hmm.
0: And what flipped it, a different context, right? In this life, as we normally think about life, keep your hands and our feet, highest priority, among the highest things we we do. In this other context now, life, and as other consequence, eternal fire, that now gets flipped. And what what would cause us to lose the hand or foot? It's destroying the body. Yeah, but for what purpose? Sin. Yeah, to avoid the sin. All right. So in our normal life, temptation comes, and our temptation is to minimize the effect of it. Eh, That doesn't really matter. Right? Eh, That's just one time. Everybody does it. We all see these things, right? Mm -hmm. Right um we minimize the sin jesus is really trying to say yeah in this life as you're defining it you can do that you can redefine it i want to give you a different context that will help you read to define it in a more proper way and that's where he's saying cause you to sin better to cut it off that's how uh important and that's how um that's the place that sin can play in your life if you if you if you minimize it, you're gonna lose. It's so bad that hey, if you have a choice of sinning or losing a hand, lose the hand. right. And you think about it, this is 2,000 years ago, we're not talking about um, anesthesia and put me to sleep and painkillers. It's you're wide awake. Strap down the arm, off it goes.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And yet we must continue to sin if we all have to take confession all the time. Yep. Continue to. I mean. I don't know fall how short of this. Some, I don't right. Know
4: how we're ever not in the confession box.
3: I know. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so you you're feeling it now. You're feeling what what Jesus is trying to say, like. Why don't we normally go? It's embarrassing. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. We all feel that. But in this context,
4: what am I waiting for? Right? Do you feel it, Father? You have a father Confession. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: I always tell the kids that when, when I'm teaching about their con- first confession. Yeah. I always say, you're looking at me like the one that you have to say your sins sins in front of. And I say, I have to do that, too. Yeah. They go, You do? Yeah. <laughs> You do anything wrong. Oh, isn't that are nice? the, <laughs> that word, the
1: truth.
0: But I say, I have to. And then for when I teach the, the, the catechumens, you know, they're thinking people that have mostly have never done confession before. Right, and true. we're trying to explain why it is what it is, why it's important. And I say the same thing, you know, you're thinking of it from your side. I go to that side. I understand. But then I tell them the reality. You go in front of an icon to give your confession, which is hard enough. The priest offers his confession at the altar. So the same place where I stand and I say take eat and I all the things that the priest says in the liturgy, that's where I go to give my confession. Mm-hmm. Same spot we went for ordination. So it's no it's no easier. <laughs> yeah. We read you a, a couple of these quotes because this this and, saying
3: and you mentioned. Of course, in the early
1: church, the was done in front of the whole
3: country. Yeah, right. Yeah, yes, right. right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Talk about gas. On, <laughs> yeah.
0: One on one business. <laughs> right. Which is kind of why it went away. Yeah. <laughs> it was leading people into temptation. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, listen to St. John Chrysostom. He is not saying this about human limbs, far from it. This is said about friends, about relatives, whom we regard in the rank of necessary limbs. Jesus also said this earlier, and now he says it again. For nothing is so harmful as bad company. For what relationship cannot do, often friendship can do, both for harm and for benefit. So he orders us with great emphasis to cut off those who are harmful to us, implying that these are people who supply temptations to sin. Do you see how he checks the future damage from temptations? First, he predicts that they will happen that no one should be lazy but everyone should be awake expecting them then he predicts that the evils will be very great for jesus did not simply say woe to the world for temptation to sin but show their great damage for when he says but woe to that man by whom temptation comes he indicates a great punishment he does not only mention this but he increases the fear by adding a comparison so that's his version of
2: it's not just cut off your limbs. It's cut off the influence. Um, like, uh, let's talk about that practically. Yeah. I mean, what what does that mean? Like somebody, I mean, I, I, give me an example. That might work. So you have a friend. Every time that friend
0: gets together, he wants you to go out and get drunk. Mm-hmm. And you are open to that temptation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you might like that friend. You might go in. It's a great time. But you have, a, again, you've got two different values you've got away now. Yeah. There's the value of what I want, which is fun. And I like my friend and I like our time together. But Jesus is saying, yeah, but that comes with a cost. So you're going to have to choose which one. You're not going to be able to pick both. You're going to have to literally cut one off to join with the other one. you got to take that fork in the road. Yeah. Now, some people say, I think they over apply that idea where everyone in their life that is a source of temptation, they go, well, I got to cut that person. I got to cut this person out. Right. We do that when we when we do that too much. I think it's putting too much emphasis on their role and not enough on our own. Mm. Because again, where he says it, it's necessary. Temptations come; they're going to be there. Right. You're not going to live a life without temptations. And if we were to say, well, anyone or anything that brings me to temptation, I've got to cut off. It's everything. I'm going to lock myself in a room. Turn off the lights, you know. Chain the door, Mm -hmm. you know, and crawl into a hole. That 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 can't be. Temptations are going to be there, but when you find that that temptation is coming, with Saint John is going to say it's it's a personal relationship. There are things that that are our own choices. Mm -hmm. You know, we need we don't need somebody else to come and bring the option to us. I think whatever context the temptation comes, he's saying. Don't do it. I remember I used to watch certain TV shows that I thought were really funny. The writing was good. Yeah. The acting was good. But the values they were bringing in and normalizing I thought I had to make a choice. It's like, you know what, that's it's it's pushing my tolerance mm-hmm. in a way it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I had to say, well, it's a funny show, but there's another effect going on here and I got to pick. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to either. I don't let that line be pushed in which case it doesn't really matter right there are all these different stories of monks who and it's always the same story but it's, it's just a little bit different every time it's told the, the monks come into town there's an older monk and there's younger monks and they see a prostitute walking riding the horse through town naked she's advertising for that that night's you know um and in the story, the young monks always put their heads down because they're very humble and they don't want to be, you know. And, and the older monk is, is smiling and looking and she rides by. And then the younger ones see that Abba didn't avert his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then different stories, there's different things he says, but one is, why would I need to avert my eyes? She's a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. So he and his spiritual growth and maturity can look at a naked woman and not sin. For them, they were not that place yet. So it's not that there's in other words, is the naked woman a temptation? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on our preparation for it. Now, what's that? Yeah. It's so it's 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 us taking responsibility at whatever it takes to avoid the temptation. If we're not gonna make a good choice, you avoid the temptation. Now, again, he's saying don't pluck it out. Origin, who's another one, um, took this literally and had himself castrated. Oh. Yeah. And he was not rewarded for that choice.
1: <laughs>
0: it was not, good job, buddy. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
3: this castration was very common back then. Sure. You know. He was taking care of the queen's jewel, wasn't it? Yep.
0: So lost his own. That's right? <laughs> <laughs> As only the birthday boy could say. <laughs> I
1: have a joke. <laughs> We go out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. That
3: was, that
2: was
1: part of life.
2: Right. <laughs> yep. So,
1: Is it Ted's birthday?
2: Yeah. Ted's birthday? Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy Happy birthday. God, God, God grant
4: you many years.
2: Happy <laughs> birthday, Father Ted. Well, so, Thank
1: you. <laughs>
0: So on that note, we'll wrap up, and actually we'll continue with with Matthew 18. God bless, everybody.
1: Thank you. Bye, Bye, Father. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.